Welcome to Weapon of Choice, a podcast where creatives across mediums give us insight into the weaponry of their art. Each episode, you'll be hearing an interview with an artist who uses their art as a weapon of choice for social change and disruption, visibility and justice, cultural critique and resistance, among other things that ignite social consciousness and community action. These artists will tell us about their journeys toward the battles they are fighting, how they design, sharpen, and develop their artistic weaponry to strike a blow against injustice in the world. Everybody, welcome back to Weapon of Choice Podcast. So glad you're here. So glad you're tuning in once again. Thank you for listening. Thank you, any new listeners, for tuning in. Um, hope you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts and iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it. Appreciate that you're here. My name is Tommy Franklin. Um, we are back with another episode. We're excited to bring you. And um, nah, I'm sure y'all can't hear those bells ringing outside. Uh, I'm like, basically, I think that's the Cathedral Hill Church. Like, I can't believe I hear it. I mean, I'm in the neighborhood, but I didn't Shit. I don't know. Bells are nice, though. And bells, like, I don't know. They don't make me think of church. They just make me think of. uh, It's funny because, like, you hear a bell off in the distance. It makes me think of places like way off in the distance, like exploring new, new lands, new cities in Europe or what have you. I like the sound of bells off in the distance. I just realized that. But um, how's everybody doing? Um, hope everybody's uh, doing their best to stay strong and stay energized and alive by whatever gives them passion. I know I'm always trying to do that. I know, you know, we try to make not only this podcast, but other kinds of art. And to speak for myself as a black artist, uh, the struggle gets real sometimes, especially if you're trying to do it independently, fully independently um, in any, you know, Twin Cities. It's not a huge market. It's a great culturally for the arts. It's a great place to be. But um, on the business side, there's a lot to navigate and figure out, like how to like carve out enough of a unique niche to still, you know, sustain yourself financially and work on projects that you love. And that you believe in, but we're blessed. I'm blessed to know uh, plenty of artists that I really, really believe in and admire um, here in town. And then I'm lucky enough to, uh, with the podcast, have conversations with artists and creators, um, you know, beyond locally, nationally, internationally sometimes. And uh, just got to figure out, like, I try not to, you know, when people ask what's going on or how things are going or how I'm doing, I try not to, like, I try not to use that default answer. Oh, you know, I'm grinding. Like, you know, I'm grinding, baby. You know? And, you know, and people are like, yeah, 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 I feel you. I'm like, but I try not to use that word grinding because the fuck? That shit doesn't, that shit does not sound like it's fun. Um, anything else that's grinding in, in a physical nature, uh, I all negative connotations so you know but you know we have black and brown folks artists entrepreneurs man we got this special grit too we have to see that word don't you know grit come on Uh, we have this special hustle i don't mind hustle um because that's some beautiful shit like when i see 
folks in the city hustling on the block, in the streets, 98 degree day, Minnesota summer, uh, walking through like the intersection and islands at a busy intersection selling bottles of water. Like, you know, I don't know exactly their station in life, but they do it with a smile. And the way they're doing it is, is, uh, there's a ingenuity to it where I'm like, I wouldn't have thought of that. Uh, whatever that hustle might be like, I wouldn't have approached, I wouldn't have approached it and attacked it that way. And I see that sometimes in the street, I'm like inspired and I'm, and I'm appreciative that we, uh, we're so fucking creative, no matter like what angle we're coming from or what we're trying to sell. And, um, but I, I do, I do wish that, you know, there's some, there's like some black folks Shit, I mean, I know he just here in Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, in this area, Twin Cities. They're like fucking millionaires and like really fucking rich and wealthy. And they got there nine times out of ten through like corporate. And yes, they worked hard and whatever. They built whatever wealth. And like how they're investing in, if they happen to do anything philanthropic, Thropic, a lot of the times it's just, you know, charities, which is cool. And, you know, whatever channel shit through nonprofits, donors and blah, blah, blah. It's cool. But I don't see much intentionality of these wealthy people investing in black and brown art, um, at least not in a public way. And also not in ways that some of the dopest, most brilliant artists I know. It's never it's never any of us getting funded in that way. Um but I do know that when like rich people invest in art, I mean, I know a, a few cases and I'm glad for those people. I know when that's happening, it's just because they like art, you know, there's not much to it. And it's like, I'll be wondering like you rich motherfuckers don't like art or are you just putting art on your walls that your consultants and, you know, Lake Minnetonka friends are saying you should buy from whatever art dealer. Like that ain't the same thing. You know what I mean? In terms of uh, investing, yeah, it's investing for them because they want to resell it for 200 times what they bought it for. But it's not the investing I'm talking about. So I want to hunt these motherfuckers down. <laughs> you know, I want to get a crew together. <laughs> and be like, hey, you know, you know, flip the switch and unhypnotize them, you know. But I don't know. What the, what the fuck am I talking about? I'm talking about things I hate. Somewhat, sort of. I, 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 I fucking, I hate social media. But I love catching moments on social media, catching fragments on social media. You know, like, if I hop on Instagram, I, I you know, eight times, eight, nine times out of ten, I'm not going to scroll, but whatever's on that, that pops up on that homepage since I follow, you know, who I feel like following, like I see something, I see, I see something illuminating, something good happening in the world, something inspiring. And I appreciate that, you know, um, just got to limit yourself, you know, just got to limit yourself. I mean, uh, well, when I like popped up a homepage, our next, you know, this guest on this episode, Andy Allo, like uh, popped up. And uh, I noticed uh, a music video that she that she dropped called Angels Make Love. It was this fucking music 
this music video is beautiful and it has and it has layers to it. You really got to watch it a, a few times to really, really appreciate it. Um, and I saw that and Andy, <laughs> Andy does so much singer, songwriter, actor, um, really funny. Um, you know, when you, when you, you know, you're kicking back, hanging like really, really amazing sense of humor. And, um, I'm excited because Andy Allo, um, was in town and we, you know, got to sit down with, with her while she was on this, this tour with Van Hunt, one of my favorite, one of the most slept on, uh, you know, I don't even want to say slept on, but just one of the dopest R&B cats that ever lived, Van Hunt. So Andy Allo was on tour with Van Hunt uh, here in Minneapolis. But Andy Allo is familiar with Minneapolis because of um, the time that she worked with Prince for, for a while, for a significant amount of time. And we didn't really get into all that in this episode, um, her relationship and the arts and music that she made with Prince. You can look that up. You can Google all that. Um, we just got into getting to know Andy and where she's coming from a bit, where she's at and where she's going. And it's really exciting to hear about all of that. Um, so it was nice to sit down and chat with her. You're going to hear that in a second. Um but yeah, it's good to catch people like Andy on tour. Um, we're blessed that they take the time to sit down with us like Andy did, like Shami Ali Naeem did, like uh, Adrian Marie Brown did. Um, and, you know, some of these like pop in, you know, they're in town. We sat down for, for you know, a hot second and had a real good conversation with some of these folks like Andy and Adrian. You know, we want to do a part two because there's there's a lot more there. There's a lot more, um, you know, when there's more time, we can go a little deeper with everyone and we will go deeper. And um, but Andy uh, was in town and also after, you know, that night. So she was in town for the show, went and saw her live performance. And you have to catch Andy Allo live. You just you really, really um have to if you're if you're lucky enough that she's in your city or that you're able to hit up a show go see andy ella live uh her live performance doesn't even feel like a performance um she's really with the audience when she performs and the whole audience can feel that she's with them and the music will take you to places that don't just have you saying wow this artist on stage is amazing, but it'll have you going to places where you're thinking about your life and where, you know, certain um, certain songs she'll play. Some of the lyrics she's singing will kind of like take you to take you down some memory roads and in the best way. So um, that's what I love about um Andy Allo's music. And she's making a lot, a lot more music and she's discovering some things. Um, that are going to take her down some beautiful creative roads in terms of her music. And it's music that you can get into deeply and love the essence of Andy's sound and voice beyond the notes. So you're going to hear a little bit about that in this episode. And um, you know where to follow us on social media, Instagram. It's at weapon of choice podcast, Facebook. It's at weapon of choice podcast on Twitter. It's at, Weapon Choice Pod. Um, 
Follow us there. Share, especially when we post an episode, a new episode on Facebook. Share that. Click that. Um, share shit in your stories. Tag us. Uh, we need that. We need that love. Um, we appreciate the love we've been getting. We have a Patreon where I believe right now 14 or 15 people are contributing every month as sustaining Weapon of Choice community members. Any dollar amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month, you name it, you can get that. Um, you can get on board with us to help us take care um, and try to build and grow this podcast and maintenance the podcast and um, make sure that we have what we need you know, to, to keep going and growing. And we love doing this and being able to um, get where we need to get to achieve our goals. We need your help. And you can go to patreon.com slash weapon of choice podcast to give any dollar amount. It's real easy to sign up and be a part of that community. And that's patreon.com forward slash weapon of choice podcast. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash weapon of choice podcast to give any dollar amount goodness we appreciate all that love um and make sure that you if you use apple Podcasts and itunes to please 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 give us that five star rating and review that'll help us get seen and you know what we about baby the voices on this podcast artists like us um it's important that all of us in the community are seen more and more you know, seen for who we are, for our humanity, for our talents, for our creativity. So show us some love. Give us that rating and review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. You can do that. That takes a couple minutes. If you want to give some money to our Patreon, that takes a couple minutes. And we're grateful for all of that. You best believe it. So let's, uh, you know, why don't I shut the fuck up? Um, and you get into this interview with Andy Allo. Uh, <laughs> um, hey, I'm Andy Allo. I'm a singer, songwriter, actress, all the things. I part-time chef. Um, <laughs> so are you critiquing, um, critiquing this Dakota Jazz Club? Yes, menu, right? I know, right? I, <laughs> I'm a huge foodie, love art, um, love to dance. I do it all. If I can, I'm going to do it. <laughs> But first and foremost, I'm a singer, songwriter, and an actress. Mm. Well, thank you, Andy, and welcome to Weapon of Choice Podcast. We're so glad you're taking the time. Thank you for you're having me. Lovely Minneapolis. You came at the right time-ish. I wasn't ready. <laughs> I, wa I walked out of the airport, and it was hot and humid, and I'm wearing a full-on sweater. Like a like nice sweatshirt, thick one, Like too. a thick yeah. sweatshirt. <laughs> and I'm not, this wasn't my only layer. Like I w had a jean jacket on top of this. And I'm what? wearing a T-shirt underneath. I'm 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 what always it, cold. What is it? Seventy-five in LA, and you're freezing, or what? <laughs> yes, <laughs> seventy degrees is cold. Okay. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I know I wasn't ready. In fact, I was walking, and uh, this guy was like, "Aren't you hot?" He just was, said it. Yes. And I was he like, must not be from Minnesota. We're passive aggressive here. So I, he he was. I was like, "Are you from here?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." He's like, "But this is a rare day." He's like, "It's not usually like this." I was like, "All right, <laughs> cool." Well, um, I'd like to kick things off. If you could maybe uh, pinpoint a time in your life, specific age or moment when um, you realize you're not normal. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> 
when I was really tiny, honestly, I, I started writing poetry when I was really little. And I, there's this moment I remember sitting on, on the patio of my parents' home in Yaoundé in Cameroon. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I, I'm looking up at the sky and I'm just looking at the sky. <laughs> and mm. like, and then I ended up writing a poem about it. Not mm. that that's not normal, but for, let's see, how old was I? Um, my goodness. I think I was maybe eight, eight or nine. Wow. Uh, and I, I always had kind of this <laughs> continual <laughs> existential crisis slash existential questions um mm. ever since i was little so who'd you, who'd you ask them to nobody to i just wrote yeah and wrote in poetry i just wrote and... poetry um yeah it was only till later on that i actually started having conversations about people and i was like oh there's other people who think about the universe and the connectivity of everything and hmm. you know and yeah did, did like a parent notice that in you and like encourage that no <laughs> this is why I'm still in Cameroon this is in Cameroon okay. I mean it's such a different culture you know um, and the, the focus for my parents was very much do well in school and um, are you know how are you going to take care of yourself and create a, a life that you can actually you know be an adult mm-hmm. and not starve Mm-hmm. So that was really their focus. It was like, okay, how can we shape you into being an adult that is going to function well <laughs> and provide for themselves? Mm. That was their focus. So when I first kind of was like, all right, I really am pursuing, you know, music and acting. Like this is this is what I want to do with my life. When you made that decision, you were how old? And yeah, actually, when I was six, I I announced to various people that. I was going to be a performer. Okay. I always, and an entertainer. I always knew that's what Hmm. I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to get there just because those career paths aren't the ones that, you know, um, are encouraged just because they're very unstable. (laughs) And and it's not a very clear path. So uh, when I got older and, you know, seriously then said, hey, you know, I love this. This is exactly what I'm going to do. It's already what I'm doing with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely conversations with my dad where he was like, you know, there's a lot of nurses. They need them. There's the, you know, you could <laughs> be a, a doctor. Sure, you know, all good things. Sure. All great things. Yes, you know, but I know where it was coming from a place of like, can you really take care of yourself? And I think ultimately that's that's what your parents want for you is that, you know, you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, just out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy. And, and I'm gonna skip ahead just for a second, yeah. but then we're gonna come back. So you, you know, I noticed that you shot a TV show recently, and you know, with a lot of parents who kind of want their kids to do doctor this and that, yeah, it takes a certain type of success to like stop reminding yes. the child. Did, yes, has, was there any of that effect? Like, oh, I just did this big show, and was it Canada or? Yeah, I shot a, a TV show for Amazon called Upload in mm. Vancouver. And you're in touch with your parents and you talk about yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're they're 
hundred percent supportive. They, yeah, they so excited. Um, but it, actually, the shift really happened years ago when I was doing commercials because mm. I would do these national commercials that would be on TV, and so my dad would see them I and watched, he'd be like, he's like, he'd be like, I like "Oh TV. my god, I saw you on TV! <laughs> You've made it!" This and I'm is like, real. "All right, Dad. Okay, calm down. It's a commercial. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." But when they they saw that I was actually working and and taking care of myself, everything changed, you know, mm. and mm-hmm. um, there was a recognition of like, okay, you're you're doing this professionally, you're very serious about it, it's not a game, it's not, you know, just some whatever They knew you had the work thing. ethic, so yeah. you didn't have to deal with that strain of... Exactly. Like, Why are you wasting your time? What are you yeah, doing, yeah, exactly. you know? Um, it, huh. You know, so it helped that I obviously, I was touring and I've had a lot of success and and luck uh, over my career. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. I had I didn't realize it, but it's the it'll be the tenth year anniversary of my debut album in September. Ten. Can you believe that? Huh. I I literally I just recognized that this past weekend. Well, congrats. Early congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I was like. It's been 10 years. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so there's been some growing pains in 10 years, I'm sure. Oof. Yes, lots. So what, what does that look like? A lot, of, a lot of self-observation and growth, a lot of challenges. You know, I, when I was starting out, I thought I knew everything. I feel like that's pretty normal. Um, you kind of, when you're starting out and stuff, you're like, oh yeah, I'm the shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I can do this as I, whatever I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and then slowly life kind of, not that it breaks you down, but it, the universe definitely <laughs> pushes you to question, okay, do you really though? Do you really know everything? And most times the answer is no. You have to curate your confidence. Right. Yeah. I so, I, which was great. I, I've always had a healthy amount of confidence, but I, my confidence has kind of shifted from, um, just being like, "I'm the shit, haha, I know everything. <laughs> Look at me." Your only child, perhaps? No, actually, no? I'm the youngest of five. Wow. Maybe that makes it worse. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and it's kind of shifted into kind of more a more mature confidence that's more mm-hmm. inward. I think. Early on, my confidence was very outward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it, you know, then it, it shifts very subtly in a way. And, and only recently did I kind of recognize that of like, okay, I, I'm still this confident person, but now it's, it's more self-assured. It's more within me. And like um, a better grounding of why you're doing it, why you're pursuing it. hundred percent. Yeah. So much yeah. more grounded, so much more. I have something like. I got to prove something kind of energy mm-hmm. um, and just owning myself. Yeah. And I like what you, I like what you, I like that mature confidence. I don't really hear that. And it's almost like, and you said you went inward. It's almost like, yeah. you got to be confident. You know, I always say like, be confident on the outside and cocky on the inside. Like, right. you got, if it's just you in the mirror, be, you, you got to go <laughs> there sometimes. Do it all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the shit. I'm the shit. I'm the <laughs> shit. You know? <laughs> But um, so in, in experiencing like a decade now in music and then we'll talk about the, oh the performing and all that, too. But yeah, how, how then how I wonder is perseverance a core value of yours? Absolutely. You don't do this field uh, if you don't have that kind of perseverance and, the, and a certain amount of grit, because 
Un- unless you're very uh, lucky, and there are definitely people who have it instantly. Mm-hmm. It it takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to gain some success in in the entertainment industry, and you just you have to hang in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a teacher who told me this example that I, I I loved, which was you know you'll stand in line for the bathroom to go to the bathroom, right? You'll stand in line sure. at the grocery store because you know eventually it's going to be your turn, and 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 they were like. Why don't you think of your career in the entertainment industry like that? You're in line. Eventually, it'll be your turn. But you just ha- you have to stay in line because mm-hmm. if you get out, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, folks folks get out of the the normal lines too. And that's, right, that's and a then, good analogy, yeah. And then you have to go to the back or hope that somebody will like you know let you cut in or something like that. Mm-hmm. But if you stay in line. Eventually, you will get there. Mm-hmm. Whatever your path is supposed to be, mm-hmm. you will reach it as long as you stay in it. Mm-hmm. But you can't get out, especially with the entertainment industry of getting out of line and trying to get come back in because it moves so quickly. Sure. sure. Um, but I think, yeah, absolutely perseverance mm-hmm. has been uh, a huge, huge factor in, in what I do and just the way I operate of not giving up at all. And back to your parents. <laughs> uh, well, I just want to know, your father grew up in Cameroon. Yes, he's Cameroonian. And My mom's mother American. Is was living there or what have you? Or they met they in met. college. They okay. met in college here uh, in in the states, uh-huh. and then. My mom and dad they moved back to Cameroon together. Okay, and yeah. then when did you come to the states? How old were you? I was thirteen. Mm. Yeah. The perfect time, right? Oh my gosh. Huh? I know, right? Yeah, that beautiful moment of like coming into your own and puberty. <laughs> oh, so you were having to deal with, you were having to do, deal with puberty. You were having to deal with, you know, just foreign environment, country aside, just foreign, all these environments. Yeah. Um, identity. Yes. Um, obviously, I'm sure you had an accent. Uh, yes, um, very strong. <laughs> so, w- was that like a was it a was it a combination or was it self motivation or a pressure to lose the accent? Oh, I absolutely wanted to fit in. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I I was already so different, and I had to pick up and adapt to the different cultural things of living in the United States. That I at that age, I was like, how how can I just be normal mm-hmm. and not stand out no, as the white much supremacy as I do. standard of normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're saying. But you know, know what, what you know what's interesting though is, you know, growing up in Cameroon, I wasn't exposed to a lot of the American history mm-hmm. um in regards to slavery and that just wasn't part of my upbringing. Right. So for me to move at 13 and come into a society that is so damaged by its history. I and and you're having to now adapt to all of that and take that on, you know, as a 13-year-old mm-hmm. and being like, "Oh my gosh, how I, I don't even understand this." Mm-hmm. Because this is I I don't I'm not familiar with all of this. Mm. But I sound different. I don't look like an African. Um I'm also not black enough to be, uh, you know, it's like you have, you're like all these layers of things mm. that as a teenager, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
<laughs> how do you process this? And yeah. so for me, it was like the if there's something I can control, it's how I'm talking, and let me learn how to talk like everyone around me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it was a very a white suburbia in Sacramento, so mm-hmm. this is what I sound like. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Sometimes I'll be talking on the phone, and uh, then someone will meet me in person, and they'll be like, "Oh my gosh." You you sound like a white girl from NorCal. Like the fact that they even say that though, right? <laughs> I know. Because like, people say things like that, and yes, more often than not, they're joking. But but it, how does a what why? Exa- you're right though. You know, it's, it's like, like it's not... but why can't I sound like how I sound? Exactly. And I think this is the issue. It's like we're, we're all supposed to fit in these boxes, right? Um, if you're African, you're supposed to look a certain way. If you're white, you're supposed to look a certain way. Um, if you're mixed, you're supposed to be an act or choose a side or what, you know. Yep. Um, yep. If you're queer, you have to pick, you know, pick one. You can't yeah. be all over There's the place. There's more than one flag and of I'm identity. Like, right. It's like, yeah. wait, I, I, I get to be who I am. And... Whatever day that is, whatever and whatever it is that day mm-hmm. is okay. Mm-hmm. And if I want to sound a certain way today, mm-hmm. um, this is how I said this is me. Mm-hmm. Um, based off of where I'm from, where I grew up, a mixture of and sometimes it's sometimes my Cameroon accent comes out on certain words, and some people who are really attuned to accents will pick it up. Actually, when I'm around my my dad or family or anything like that, my Cameroon accent just comes back. Um, as mm. it hasn't gone anywhere. Sure, it's sure. just um, my American accent is the one accent that I predominantly use sure. on the day to day. I mean, now that you're older, how have you explored some of those feelings that come with being uh, mixed race? I mean, it's hard because it's very much a duality in your identity. And I think because of where this country came from and its history there is there's so much pain in being african african american and that this country hasn't healed from and being someone of african descent of black descent i'm like that's fucked up and and then, but I think I'm like, okay, but I'm half white, you know? How do I reconcile the two? Because the people who were my ancestors did some horrible shit. And it's tough, you know, when you start really, really digging into the layers of where we came from, mm-hmm. it gets really hard. And all I can think of is, okay, I have no control. I had no control over what brought me here, you know, on earth. (laughs) I'm here and I've actually been given this opportunity to be both. And, and maybe that's truly the gift of being able to bridge that gap Mm -hmm. and to kind of connect the two or find a way to connect the two um, because, because of so much history and because of so much, you know, how do you heal? And, and if you're both, then it's like, okay, you know what? At the core of it, I'm a human being. 
And so I feel like my upbringing, my duality, all of that has really brought me to this point where has and t- keep it and um gotten me deeper in touch with my humanity of how do I understand somebody and connect with them on a human level period I need more of that you know and and so obviously there's plenty of similarities between acting and performing music, but there's also plenty of differences um if you know music can be therapeutic making music um I'm assuming that's therapeutic, right? Absolutely. Um, how so? How are the how are these endeavors, and if they if they if in different ways, even healing for you? So maybe acting is stressful, and music is therapy. So how do you heal as a result of like going through getting to the other side of a of a project or working on something? Well, I'm I'm so lucky because I get to do what I love. I love it. Mm-hmm. So. Whether it's embodying a character in a TV show or a movie, or it's writing a song, they both, for me, are very therapeutic because I get to be creative. And that's such a huge outlet for me in in everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And it's so fun. Um, Acting is more of a challenge just because it's not my own words. And so that's... That's exciting to me. I love like challenging myself in that sense. Mm. Whereas music sometimes is a little more vulnerable just because those are my words and they're so tied to uh, personal things or things that I've seen or things that I'm experiencing and going through in the moment or in the past. So those, both of those are, are, are my therapy and I, mm. yeah. How do how do memories serve your writing? How do you get lyrics to pour out? It's hard because I I don't really have like a method of writing. Your method um, is your method. Yeah, or I I just kind of let it happen. Mm-hmm. I and I also I very much like go with the flow. So because I do acting and music. Oftentimes, I'm focusing on more one than the other, and they just kind of flow back mm. and forth. So, um, for the past few months earlier this year, I was doing a lot more acting, and which was amazing. And and so I didn't write as much uh, musically, and and then now that I'm doing a little more music, I'm touring things like that. I'm writing a little more, so I don't put a lot of pressure on whatever the thing is i mm. i really try to be in the moment present mm-hmm. um but memories i feel like it's tough because some sometimes they can be a hindrance because they don't allow you to be present and mm. like it's almost like ripping off a scar over and over again and then after a while there's nothing there anymore because <laughs> I call it PTMD. What's that? <laughs> Post traumatic memory disorder. Yeah. <laughs> like if you use it up, it might be gone. You yeah. Know. Right. And you're just like, oh, that used to work. And I, I think when I wrote before or earlier in in my career when I wrote 
I think I, I did a lot of that. Mm. Um, a lot of memory stuff. And I still do now, but a lot of my writing is very present. Mm. Um, maybe with some sprinkling of memories and things like that. Sure. But I don't rely on it as much sure. as I think I used to. Okay. Is there a particular song you've written that you're particularly proud of? Not most proud of, because it can... You probably have 10 answers for that, but I like what you did earlier this year. Angels? Angels Make Love? Yeah. I was going to say either that one or One Step Closer. Okay. I'd say those two. I'm, I really love those songs. I love all my songs, but the, I, I, those two songs, whenever I play them, there's something that happens in the audience that's really like beautiful. Mm-hmm. it's a weird it's weird um but beautiful <laughs> mm. because there's um there's like a calm or and like this connected feeling like we're all there mm-hmm. and, and no one is anywhere else and we're all mm-hmm. there whenever i'm singing those either of those songs and do you ever have you know bandmates or dancers on stage that after you perform those two songs you look at each other like yes it's always this feeling. <laughs> like, I've been playing more so solo. Really? Yeah. So I did a couple gigs recently with with two dancers. It was the first time I'd done that, oh. um, which was really really fun because mm-hmm. I wasn't I was dancing <laughs> and uh, I wasn't playing guitar, and uh-huh. so it was really really cool. Yeah. Um, to do that, um, but before you move on to the next song after those two. Perf- after you sing those songs on stage, you just feel like you there's soak up all that yeah, crowd energy. Yeah, there's definitely an And like rest yeah. in it even for a moment before you play, you know. Totally, yeah, yes. And then it's, you still think about that. It's not like you only appreciate it for just that moment. Like just sitting here, you're appreciating it. Absolutely. And it's that, such a surreal thing, you know. And I think that's that's why you do it as an artist is those moments mm-hmm. when you know that you and the audience are completely in sync, completely connected, and you're both experience something, experiencing something beautiful um, at the same time. Mm. So you have a long life and career ahead of you, hopefully. Um, yes. This is just the beginning. Is there any vision, art of any kind, anything you've put down? that you want to pick back up and make? Because sometimes that happens with us, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm working on a re-release of my first record Mm. and kind of revamping it to breathe some new life into it now that I've been at it a little longer. Sure. And so I'm excited to kind of work on that and put that out um, Mm -hmm. for the anniversary of that record. And I'm also playing around with some more like afro beat afro pop stuff which is so exciting for me because i'm getting to really tap into my cameroonian roots and Mm. a lot of the music i've done hasn't done that Mm -hmm. um and i've played in so many different genres Mm -hmm. um and and that's been really fun so i'm i'm so excited to kind of shift gears and really um bring in some of my 
childhood, you know, yeah. the music I listened to growing up, the music I sang, and you have fun, you know, it's, you have fun going, you know, deepening those layers, huh? Yeah, it's yeah. amazing because I, it, it's all part of who I am, and I think the more we accept all the parts of ourselves, the better humans will be. Mm-hmm. I think it's when you start to try and like hide or change things or try and pretend you're something that it all kind of goes to shit so Mm. when you when you really fully embrace who you are and everything that makes you unique and beautiful i really i think that's that's where the magic is Mm. like personal freedoms is there anything you do anywhere you go to express a part of you that can't be expressed anywhere else um, I mean, to I guess to the spa, but it's because it's an all-female spa and you get to be naked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It, it does not have to be profound. Like, that is... I love that spa because you're just like, <laughs> no one cares. Yeah. You're not there to, like, look at anybody. No one's looking at you. Yeah, you yeah. just get to walk around, enjoy your spa time. Yeah. And... And just chill and yeah, relax. Yeah. And that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. That's great. There's ones for men, too. You should go. Everyone should go. It's really freeing. Yeah. I, I, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. Also, like, some of the clubs here, <laughs> like, the hot tub has a sign. It's not a nude place. Mm-hmm. So, the hot tub has a sign, like, must wear some kind of mm-hmm. bathing attire. But the, the, the veterans, will call them, like, the cats in their <laughs> 70s, 60s. They just don't care. They just don't care. And I remember being young and just even now, like, I swear, like, they're in a group to mm-hmm. conspire to, like, fuck with us. Yeah. Because they, like, put their leg and grab the hairdryer. And, like, That's they, they go out of the way. Because you kind of feel them looking at each other, like, seeing what young people they can annoy. And, like, I get it. Because oh I actually play ball with guys in their 60s. Yeah. And so I'm like, y'all are funny. But, uh, yeah, those those spas, that's, that's a freeing place, you know? Yeah. Because you're getting... And yeah, then yeah, you can let, sit in the sauna and the yeah, the steam room, get a massage. Mm. You spend all day there and this play like they have a restaurant, so you can just like mm. just take an entire day. You're not on your phone. I love doing stuff like that where I can kind of disconnect mm. from uh social media and technology. Oh but. god, I agree. What do you what are you tired of hearing? <laughs> <laughs> The only thing in my... I don't know why this word is coming into my head. It must be what I need to say, but fleek. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come in. If we you, got a guest. No. Uh, oh. uh, <laughs> no, okay. Bye. Van, you can come in if you want. Come on in. Van. Um, okay. Um, fleek. <laughs> yeah, so I think the word... the. <sighs> The word I'm tired of hearing, I think, is fleek on fleek. Uh, I think I'm done. With what do you that. love hearing? Ooh, what do I love hearing? These days. What do I love hearing, Van? What? What the, do I love hearing? The classics. Your voice. I love hearing my voice. voice. <laughs> I'll never get sick of it. <laughs> You're not going to say that. 
Van Hunt, everybody said Dude. I I'm not sick of hearing my voice. Thanks, Van. I think I'm I think I for I uh working with us. <laughs> I, um I agree with him. We're at the Dakota Jazz Club fifteen years after Van Hunt's de- debut album, which I th- I think you were at the fine line maybe like eight, nine years ago in Minneapolis. Yeah. Cause but I was yeah. I was twenty when that came out. I was twenty when your album came out and I'll never forget it. And that's why a bunch of friends are coming tonight. But that's awesome. Thank you. Man, thank you. Is this live? No. Yeah. Nah, it's a podcast. It's a podcast? Yeah. yeah. It'll be edited le- later. Oh, so if I curse, you're going to take it out, huh? Curse, man. <laughs> He's been cussing the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So have I. Yeah. Appreciate it. You come on. Yeah, we just, we're finishing up, so. No, y'all got, you, oh, you finished. Thank you, brother. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> man's like. Get out of my dressing room. Okay. This will be like uh, on both sides of it, right? So, when do you feel most alone in the world? Reading the news. Ooh. When, when, and where <laughs> do you feel most connected in the world? At a concert. Live music is the sh- is your shit. It's your jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mine or someone else's. When is this work most fun? Mm. when there's no drama when it's just about the work mm-hmm. and there's not like extra bullshit or attitudes or egos mm. when everyone's there because they love it mm-hmm. and it's just like that that i truly truly experienced that in vancouver filming this tv show oh wow everybody was so there just to create something dope yeah and so every day when you got to set, you're like, I'm so fucking happy to be here. This is awesome. Was it a comedy drama? Yeah. Yeah. It's a half hour comedy. Was that a hell of an experience? Oh, so much fun. Acting comedy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Did a lot of you come out? Because, you know, it, of course it's this craft and acting. But yeah. Your your humor, your humorous sense, sensibilities, did that come out in your character? I mean, I think the character and I ha- definitely have some similarities, mm-hmm. um, but... Her funny is a little more awkward, I think, than mine. (laughs) But then I'm not sure. Probably some of my friends would be like, no, you're awkward as fuck. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think there's some similarities. But it was really great to, like, lean into my comedy. Sure. And and play. And just play. Sure, sure. Um, So, yeah, I think that's when it's it's just about creating and, and just having fun. Yeah, when it's truly about the work. Yeah. It's like, all right, what do you want the listeners to know? What do I want you guys to know? It's always cold as hell on an airplane. <laughs> but what? even though you have a bunch of layers on, oh. you're going to get somewhere and it's going to be hot as hell. <laughs> And your ass is going to be sweating. <laughs> so prep for all situations. No matter what. Temperature wise, no matter what. And be ready <laughs> to be bundled up or stripped down. Ooh. I mean, to like a tank top or like a shirt and shorts. <laughs> Don't get crazy. No, I mean- but that that was a lesson for me today. Huh. So. <laughs> 
So what art are you currently taking in that's recharging you, giving you life? Oh, Lizzo. Oh. My gosh. Yeah. Obsessed. I love her energy. I love how yeah. she's herself unapologetically. That's so inspiring. Mm-hmm. And love her music as well. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. You got any TV shows, films you're loving? <laughs> yes. Actually, I've started binge watching this French show. What's um, that? It's called Dix Pour Cent. Oh, uh, but it's called and it's on Netflix, so you guys can stream really? it. But it, it, the the Netflix title is "Call My Agent." Um, <laughs> it's so funny, and wow. the acting is phenomenal. Um, I watch I watch a lot of television, um, mm. so I'm watching like Handmaid's Tale, which I love, um, and I'm also watching like The One Hundred on CW. You get it in. I love it. Yeah, I'm just like. I love watching stuff, and it's a nice kind of getaway. I feel you. Also, guilty pleasure, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Atlanta specifically. Yes. Gotta go there. That's my jam. You gotta. It's it's all about pleasure. Yes. Any way we can tap into it doesn't have to be physical. Doesn't have to be, you know. Yes. Doesn't have to be uh, the wire, you know. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what life's about. I think is finding those little treasures those and things that bring you joy cool cool thank you so much um thank you do you have social media you'd like to plug away yes definitely follow me on everything i'm on twitter instagram facebook youtube and it's all at andy allo awesome awesome andy appreciate the time seriously um looking forward to whenever that show comes out Yes, um, spring of next year, and, 2020. Uh, yeah, I hope you keep challenging yourself on both fronts, the music and the performance, and see you another time. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was so fun. All right. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Andy Allo, for a great time talking about things you're doing and where you're headed. Can't wait to see more. Can't wait to hear more. Um The music, the movies, the TV. Yeah, it's all really exciting. So we're rooting for you. And thank you to everyone for listening and tuning in to yet another episode of Weapon of Choice Podcast. Season three. We're rolling. Uh, If you've noticed, we've been putting out uh, uh, some showing up episodes, you know, highlighting really important um, issues in community globally how it's all connected and how our liberation is definitely connected and how it's important to show up for each other in ways that we can and um, look out for more of that. <laughs> and uh, we're going to keep doing this. And we got some great interviews coming up. Oh, some, some folks that I've been looking forward to talking to for a while here in Minneapolis. Um, people like Blackout Improv Comedy. <laughs> Uh, just just look up Blackout I don't need fuck, Look them up But I mean Get to a Blackout show I mean Hey It might be the most amazing thing um, You can possibly see In terms of comedy And community <laughs> um, Janata That interview's going down Her book's coming out September 17th Yeah The stars And the blackness between them I don't know if you can pre-order it yet, but the stars and the blackness between them, Janata, 
Janata's book. Whoo. Okay. September 17th. Market calendars. That's when the book's coming out. So we're going to talk to folks like that and more. So just keep tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, make sure you're subscribed. So you never miss an episode. So you can catch up on all the old episodes. Uh, Love every single episode with my heart dearly. And um, yeah, we're going to keep this ride. We're going to keep this ride going. And we want you to stay along for the ride and tell your people, tell your friends, share the shit out of our episodes when we release them or whenever you feel like it. Quote it. Find your favorite quote and then post a link to that episode that you love. We appreciate all of that. Um, And email us. Get in touch with us if you want to. Um, For this podcast, uh, you can hit us up and email at um, weaponofchoicefans at gmail.com. Weaponofchoicefans at gmail.com to let us know what's on your mind. And let us know what art is currently giving you life. What art is helping you to breathe, giving you energy. We want to know. We want to hear from you. And as always, this is a special menu production. Um, And of course, our theme music is from none other than Renee Copeland. And we're going to take you out to uh, one of Andy's songs. It's beautiful. Yeah, you can really, really let it resonate. Um, Listen to it on some good speakers or some good headphones and uh, really dig it. This song from Andy is called... Angels make love. Enjoy.
Angels make love 